holidays. Happy holidays. What are you collecting money for? For our fire department. Well, then, here you go. Thank you. Okay. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. Episode 30, Festivus. One of the nicest things about the holiday season, regardless of any religion, is the way lightness breaks through the dark, dark winter. As you may remember from episode 10, different places up here get into it with their own flair. For example, for more than 30 years, Rhinebeck has hosted Sinterklaas, a Dutch inherited tradition with a big parade of puppets and a huge light show. The city of Hudson, further north, has its annual winter walk, during which Warren Street, the main drag, is closed off and stores stay open late. There's even a petting zoo. Both events are usually the same Saturday night, which is insane, so we've rotated in the past. This year, though, we eschewed both for Winterfest in our own village of Tivoli. Only the night before, I was in the city at my company holiday party, so honestly, I was kind of happy to do something more local and maybe even quieter. Jeanette, our local buddy and the hospitality goddess at the Hotel Tivoli, talked us into an activity. We would help her fundraise for the Tivoli Fire Department, which earlier in the year had a terrible fire. Ironic, I know. She bought us bells to ring and furnished drinks for courage. We brought our apple picking baskets to collect money in. Now, you've heard me mention Jeanette in the past. She was finalist for the Hudson Valley Hostess of the Year, no surprise, and Grand Marshal for the first Tivoli Pride March in May, episode 20. Well, apparently, Jeanette also has the power to convince us to do whatever she wants, even to romp through town with bells on as her Hanukkah fairies. This, for me, was the high point of the holidays. Well, until I boarded the Festivus train the next week. But that's later on in the episode. First, come with me as we visit Tivoli Winterfest. Our first stop as Fairies in Action was at Santa Fe Restaurant. Chatting with Paige behind the bar and Emily, one of the partners, I learned more about what's going on in town, like what's replacing the laundromat. Later, Paige gave us the floor to make an announcement for the fundraisers, and there I also met Lucy, who used to run Montgomery House. We walked down Broadway ringing our bells, stopping in various stores, pleading with passerbys. Jeanette had a knack for wishing everyone we passed happy holidays and then getting right to the point. We popped by Jill's store, Tivoli Mercantile, for a glass of Prosecco. And then we went to Tangent Theater Company, where Michael and Andrea, the artistic directors, opened up the stage to let people give a short performance. Troghaven is the local cozy pub next door. And remembering that the pub is cash only, we rushed in there and we did pretty well. Quite a strategic move, we all agreed. It's really funny walking into places we go all the time, but now under this more professional community halo, like we're part of the action. In Fab Yarn, we bumped into Rochelle, a friend of ours, and met the store owner, who's letting us put a menorah in her window. Quite a win for the team. Everyone was out on the street that night. Deputy Mayor Emily uh, dropped in a greenback, and then we saw Mark Molinaro, our Dutchess County executive, who's a big deal, walking with his family. We naturally made a beeline to hit him up, and he was very generous. I told him I hosted the City of Podcast, which he either knew of or politely pretended to know of. I'm sure he's used to journalism. Also spotted was Santa himself, or at least our friend Arthur, who was in the role that night. Earlier at the tree lighting, he answered questions from kids, perhaps a bit too honestly. Existential Santa, he is now known. Our noisy cheer, though, didn't blend in everywhere. Walking into Osaka, the Japanese restaurant, we had to break the quiet calm. 
One woman gave us a skeptical look and questioned our credentials. Jeanette explained she's from the hotel, and that seemed to do the trick. She handed over a dollar. Only then did I realize how everyone else just tossed in money on the street without asking, even the government. I don't know if I told you this, but Brian got a little free library for his birthday in August and wanted to donate it to the town. Kazi and Natalie took it on, and it sits right outside their new shop wins. So far, it's popular. We're constantly replacing books, and so are others. So we went inside Wins to see Natalie, and she had a cheese plate and charcuterie. It was a cold night, but our hard work did not stop us from enjoying a carriage ride. A local farm donated their time for it and drove two of the biggest horses I've ever seen, pulling a wagon that we could all pile into. Belgians, I think the horses are called. We rode to town um, with Trustee Angela and a few other folks around the village before ending up at the hotel for drinks and dinner. There I also met Nancy Gusky, who's an absolutely lovely person, and also for me, kind of a local celebrity. Her family name is on a nearby street sign, which we all know is a sign that you really are from here. Counting cash at the table, we raised $546 for the local fire department. Not bad for two hours of merry. So the Festivus train. I don't know how much I've mentioned the Empire Regulars before. I only know about them because my colleague Karen from a previous job got me on the list when we first moved up here. The email thread tells you which gate the train is leaving from, if it's running late, if someone left, say, a smoked salmon plate on the 547, or maybe a laptop on the 715. I'll save the full story on the Empire Regulars for a future episode, but what I can say is that they do group birthday parties, and once a year in December, the Festivus train. Regular commuters, two, three, four, even five days a week, some of them, they all seem to know each other really well and for years. Until now that we were full-time and more regular, I honestly didn't have the courage to show up, instead just lurking on the email list. Well, I just happened to be headed home that same time this year's uh, Festivus party was happening, so I went in Penn Station and I bought a bottle of wine and found my way to the cafe car. Walking in cautiously to faces poked at me, I said, Festivus? Regulars? Holding up the bottle, I got a big smile, and I entered a fully decorated car. Looking around at the tables, I saw a full spread from salad to penne to cheese and cakes and drinks. I met faces to go with names I'd only read about in emails, and I took in the moment of this self-created community with its own history, culture, traditions, and warmth. A few people peeled off at each train stop, and I got off with a few at Rhinebeck. Before then, though, we took a few group photos, and I sent one to Brian with me ecstatic in the center. He knew exactly what this meant to me. Thank you, regulars, for making me feel finally like one. As the season of Cydia draws to an end, yep, this is it, I look ahead to what's next. I had a plan last season, and now I'm starting to use feedback to fuel my plan for next year. My brother-in-law Adam calls me regularly to tell me what he likes, which episodes are the best, and what he wants to hear more of. He's an EMT for his fire department, so I was happy to brag about our fundraising at Winterfest. I recently read the reviews of Cityit in the Apple Podcast Store and was happy to see the positive notes about the advice I give to fellow Cityits moving to the Hudson Valley or even to other rural areas in the country. But I also read what is also true. Sometimes I talk too fast. My mother tells me this constantly. I also can sound too scripted, and I guess that is easily heard. 
The truth is, I come out of radio advertising. We script, we plan our jokes. I also have a thing against ums, errs, and back and forth banter that's better for people talking than the listener. Maybe too much. And yes, I am working on the sound levels issue. Hopefully you've noticed it's gotten a little bit better. I re-recorded the Anchor ad, got a better mic, and next year I hope to have more attention to editing. Some of the best feedback is from the media. Chronogram, an arts magazine up here, named City at one of six Hudson Valley podcasts you should listen to. And Hudson Valley Magazine listed as one of eight Hudson Valley podcasts for all day listening. Both of these made my day, and I put them on cityet.com and I repeat it anywhere I can. So what to expect next season? Probably more on the people, the farmers and other cityets. I'd like to do more interviews and uncover more town lore. I also want to explore this idea of community, how to find one, how to contribute to one, and how to create one if you can't find one. This actually isn't the only podcast I do. This fall, I launched another one called Rising, about careers in marketing, media, and innovation, produced with my buddy Josh Boaz and his company, Direct Agents, in their proper studio. So consider this a cross-promo. Please listen to Rising. But thank you so much for listening to City Ed. I'm grateful how the audience has both been steady and growing over these first 30 episodes. I'm starting to get more comments and notes, even questions and requests. Please keep it going. You can even leave a voicemail message from the Anchor page if you can find it. And if you've been enjoying City It and want to give me a holiday gift per se, I do have a specific request. Please rate and review City It in the Apple Store or on Stitcher or CastBox. That's places where you can review podcasts. Reviews and ratings help people find us. You can also share us with friends and visibly promote it with City It t-shirts through the Bonfire Store or special order your own City It Trekker Cap. I still have a few left. Just message me or visit cityit.com. On Instagram, you can follow cityit.hv, and you can join our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cityitlife. Five years later, I feel still feel so lucky to live here. Right now, it's like 20 degrees out, and our 1847 cottage has uneven temperature from room to room. I rarely even take off my Sawkill Farm sweatshirt when I'm home. But the truth is, Brian, Nora, and I are just doing fine. We're sitting by the fire, music on in the background, and looking out at the winter light reflected off the snow-covered farms that surround us. It brings a kind of peace and calm that makes ending one year and starting another feel just right. I hope you too have a great holiday and new year, whatever you celebrate, and I'll be back with more in a few weeks. I'm Matt Zucker, and this is City It, recording 100 miles from Manhattan, north in the historic, beautiful, and iconic Hudson Valley. Come visit.